day and welcome to the latest episode of the Loud Feelings Podcast. Uh, I am here with my good friend Donna Smith. Um, hello, my, hello. <laughs> my former boss and now oh, friend. I hate when you say that. I know that. you do. It always makes me laugh that you <laughs> I mean, it's real. Like you were in charge of my uh, what my day to day. Like, hey, gotta do this. But um, before we get into our topic today, we were just talking about how um, Whitney Houston and Robin—I forget her last name. I should look it up. But um, we were just talking about how she really gave it to Wendy Williams, and I don't know. I just felt like Wendy Williams had said the like. That they were lovers way back when. Crawford. Crawford. Robin Crawford. Uh, That they were lovers way back when. And, like, people were like, oh, Wendy, like, you're just being messy, blah, 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 blah. Like, I was like, if it's true, it's true. Who cares about it? I mean, she spilled it all when she was on the show, so. Right. And, I mean, and I don't, for some reason, I don't doubt that she's telling the truth. Like, it just seems like it's too, like, too many accurate details that, like, will fold fold in. But, like. I don't know. I only like problem I have is like talking about the dead and like them not being there to defend themselves or to like fact check like something. I don't know. But like it's also all said and done. Like Yeah, I agree, but she I feel like she didn't say anything disrespectful. Nope. So I mean you can't not talk about people because right. they're not here anymore. Like, and in fairness, people have said way worse about um Whitney since she's been dead about the whole crack thing and all that. Like yeah, yeah. So, so this is like nothing I mean, comparatively. Please talk about me when I'm gone. Don't forget about me. Yeah, I want to live. On. <laughs> I agree. I want to live on the good, the like, bad, the ugly. I don't care. And like listen to this podcast and know how raggedy I was. No. <laughs> I mean, the episodes like as I can feel like as the episodes go, like I can tell I'm going more like in depth and talking about things that like matter to me, but. I hope that like, this turns into, like, a diary that somebody can look back and say, like, oh, wow, he really felt this way or he felt strongly about this. Or, like, his opinion changed later in life because he experienced X, Y, and Z. Oh, now you have me rethinking everything I want to say Don't, while I'm here. But no. uh, I mean, <laughs> keep the ball. You already My got it in your children's <laughs> children will be looking this up. Oh, God, you should worry about your children's <laughs> children right now. I'm just kidding. They're going to be fine. Um, but today's episode, I really want to talk to you about motherhood and like nest, like um, the the type of motherhood that you experience because you have biracial children and you live in a predominantly white area. So Trumpport is what I've called see, it. Recently. I wasn't going to do all that, but <laughs> oh, okay. She yeah. brought it. She brought. Listen, my I, grandchildren, children. Remember, okay. No, nope, I mean they got to know what, from where it comes. So, they, like, that is a layer to this whole thing, and like your now experience, like being a mother to essentially black children, and like how do you raise them in a way that it makes sure that they see the world around them and not through necessarily the lens that this community provides them. So I feel like you got a lot. That's a I, big I do, question. I do. Is that the question? Okay. It's, it is hard. So just rewind a little bit. I've been here two years right. in Lockport, AKA Trumpport. And I'm <laughs> no offense to no, any of the Trump supporters listening to this no, at no, all. Oh God, uh, listen, it is predominantly a, um, Trump nation, like Trump country. 
yeah, a conservative town yep. that we live in. And um, we've been here two years. It's I'm coming from Rochester, New York, right. and Gates slash Greece, which would not be that conservative, at least right. in my eyes. Well, at least a little bit more diverse, a, if nothing A lot else. more diverse. Um, and put it into a framework. My children go to a school where they have bring your tractor to school day. So... <laughs> <laughs> That is the kind of town that I, I've lived in for two years. And yes, it's it's difficult because um, it's not what I'm used to. Right. My kids have went to very, very diverse private schools, right. but very, right. very diverse. Um, so coming here, uh, I'm, I'm worried. Yeah. I am worried. What is your biggest, I mean, what's your biggest worry as a mother then? Like, because that, to me, like, it varies from mother to mother. Like, yeah, you want to keep your kid from not getting hit by a car, but, like, I think there's layers to that. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's a whole different worry. Um, so last year, my older son, who's 16, he came home and told me that there were two instances in the same week where two different white children called two different black children the n-word and it i i just kept thinking like what if it's my son yeah and what would i do like i don't want to go to jail in trump town (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to i'm trying to keep that money from not being bail money exactly so and it's just where i grew up it happened but Absolutely. the person who said it was definitely jumped the right. next day. Right. Like that didn't There were just, repercussions. It wasn't just said and it was okay. Right. Where here, I think it's, there's not a repercussion. There's, it's so commonplace to them and there's, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And yeah. yeah. I do worry, like, so two things. I think they're going to experience that. Your children are going to hear that. Because they don't look like the white kid that's, like, running down the street and all that. And it's, like, maybe that child has not experienced, like, a person of color or somebody who's biracial. But I think maybe in my head, because I've had, I mean, obviously I've heard, I've been called it, I've, like, been profiled and all that stuff. But to me it was, like, important for me to know how to react to it because that is what keeps you alive or makes sure that you either go to jail or you're dead. So it's, like, I know that's, like, a stark reality that we have to, like, live in and, like, sire children into, but I I don't know. Like, it's hard because, you like, I had to have the conversation with myself about, like, okay, well, this is how you react if, like, the police pull you over. And that's not necessarily something that my adoptive white parents really had to, like, explain to me. or Because they didn't know. Like, so that's, like, a different ballgame for you because you know it. Like, you, you've seen, like, it play out in the media. You've seen it play out in the world around you. Like, being able to say, like, you need to behave like this. And it's sad that you do, but, like, you have to do this to stay alive and just come home. Because that's the rule. Just come home. Especially since Dexter's yeah. like driving yep. now. Yep. Um, and I've had, I've, almost, we're, we're getting there. I, and I've had that conversation with him. The, the conversation where you have to talk about if the police pull you over or if you get confronted by the police, how to act, quote right. unquote, um, to stay alive. Right. Which is a scary thought. And I, it's a reality that people don't have to deal right. with. And it's, it's ridiculous that 
we have to have conversations like this with our children. And right. it's a disappointment that people don't have to have conversations with their kids they don't. and not that's, understand that some people do. incredibly true. So I don't know if you saw American Son. No. Um, don't watch it. I don't think it's for you. I think it's way too close to home. This is why I can't watch This Is Us because there's a layer in my life. What is it on? It's on Netflix. Okay. It's Kerry Washington, and it's like kind of like, um, it almost feels like a play, the way it's like rolled out. It's definitely a, a, like a movie, but like they don't change sets. Like they are in this police office, like precinct, and she's, I mean, Kerry Washington, she's black. She like, they made, definitely like made her have like natural hair, so like emphasize that. But her ex-husband, who is an FBI agent is like also attached to this because he's like oh this is my son like i want to make sure that justice is carried out like is is he alive like blah 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 blah, blah. but he like the way she was treated by the same police officer by a different stretch for when her ex-husband was treated by the same police officer was very interesting like he was like calling her all these names before he recognized that like they were together or like at least a unit and like, it just, it's sad because that is the reality. There's right. a whole different set of rules for people of color. I'm I'm just glad, like, listening to that, that there are so many more shows, right. series, yeah. things that are addressing this issue. Um, right. I think because I have mixed children, I have a black husband, like, I, I understand and have had to experience things with my family. Yeah. That other people don't experience, so I know it's a reality. Right. Whereas I don't, I get how people don't think it's a reality or don't or get it. Or could bury their head, like, and just say it doesn't. Be- it doesn't affect me. So why? Because do I care? it's it doesn't hit them close to yeah. home. They've never had to experience it, and I'm I'm at least glad like they're addressing it on TV and in movies and exposing it. Because if they hadn't like. I don't think anyone would realize what's going on. Right. At least they're getting a taste of it. They're not experiencing it with their own families or ch- children. They're at least know. Like, right. you can't say you didn't know now. Right. Like, the ignorance has issue. been removed. And, like, people will still be willfully ignorant. And, like, especially, like, the typical, like, the cops. Like, that's, like, a big layer to this is, like, they're so protected by each other that, like, if they ever see, like, jail time... It is a big deal. And, like, that stems from, like, the 90s. The, like, the girl who got shot in the convenience store. Um, and, like, the whole family was like, okay, this woman definitely shot my child. Like, she needs to go to jail. It's, like, manslaughter or whatever. And she went scot-free because it was a little black girl. And they, like, played this narrative of, like, oh, she was stealing this, that, and the other. And... It was just like, this is garbage, but this is the world in which we live. And it's like, it is scary because even coming out here for me, like I had to like really be like, okay, you're like moving into a different territory of New York, of New York. Cause a lot of people just assume New York's very liberal and <clears throat> yeah, but they're no. basing that off of New York city. <laughs> the further West you go, especially. Which is crazy. Like. I feel, and that, I mean, maybe this is a stereotype, but I feel like the closer you get to Canada, they're more liberal, so it would, like, filter down. But we like, are literally on the path of the Underground Railroad. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. think, like... That some would, of it's stuck. Yeah. No. Nope. No. Not at all. 
it's almost worse. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't I I had a friend that told me that I should research the history here. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand more of the history growing up in Rochester, but understanding now because I live here the right. history of Buffalo and its right. role right, right, in right. Um, in history and everything involving either the Underground Railroad or slavery or whatnot, like to understand people. Yeah, and because that's where why. they draw from. Yeah, because it's like that type of hatred isn't like it's handed down. And, like, you experience it and you accept it as normal. Like, oh, I call black people this all the time because that's what they refer to, were referred to in my house. It's like, when you step outside of your doors and you say that kind of stuff, like, somebody is affected on the other end of that. Um, but it, it, it's hard because, like, right now I feel like, especially in this, like, political climate, everybody's emboldened to say whatever they want because, like, everybody's a snowflake and, like, oh, you're just, like... You're so easy, like to to be upset, blah 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 blah. And, like everybody's <laughs> offended, and it's like maybe it's for a reason. Maybe, maybe, like, maybe. Like, so are we gonna go to any of um, like the experiences I've had? Yeah, I want. I <laughs> listen. I want you to let it out. Because like, I mean, when you say that, like, oh, people are so easily offended. Like, I I feel like I have. It, it's almost like. I'm actually grateful to have gone through some of these experiences on my end and not being black. Yeah. Taking on some of that to have a better understanding. Um, In in which I can take in turn and now help my children. Right. Help my family um, and be better people for that. Right. Or even educate other people. Um, other white people. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, because I don't think it's necessarily the black people that need to know it. We, no. we know it. We've had to know it because it's a survival met. Like, it's a part of survival. So right, right. it is like the people who are ignorant to it, they have to be the ones that are told because honestly, from me, if you hear it from me, you're not going to believe it. You think I'm complaining. You think I'm just like, Which, yeah. oh, here you go. Like, that's, here he goes again with the black card. It's like, right. that, That I mean, that's been tough. But And I do, I do feel like it's a responsibility of mine. Yeah. Like, because maybe, maybe, and I don't know. Like, sometimes I wonder if I sound crazy. But maybe, like, I can reach some people. Right. Because yeah. I, I, I'm not black, so they can't. Call yeah. like the black card on me, right, right, right. like so. You need to listen to me and well, <laughs> understand think, what we've dealt with with our family. Right. I think any type of allyship, whether it's like like a white person advocating for a person of color or like somebody outside of the LGBTQ community advocating for somebody in that community, saying like, "No, this is a real problem," and you're just more inclined to listen to me because of a layer of privilege. It's like. How you use your privilege decides, like, if it's, like, weaponized or, like, really helpful and beneficial. So I, I, get, I can honestly say, like, I know for a fact that, like, you've used your privilege to help me and to mold a great part of my career. Like, I will never, ever be able to, like, deny that because it's, like, I knew the second, like, when I, like, started interacting with you at iSecure, I was like, okay, I know she's on my team. No matter what, like, even if I mess up, like, an entire week's worth of work, I know she's Which on my team. never happened, never uh, happened. Listen, it was close. It was hit or miss. But, um, no, I, I will always thank you for that. But, like, like you were saying, though, like, 
being an ally is like you do you see it it hits home first for you as opposed to like hearing about it in the news where it's like you can kind of walk away from it right there's a shelf life on that yeah yeah have your kids experienced it like and to what degree so they have not directly yet um directly so, I mean, going back to the Rochester, um, without going on to too much detail, but, you know, we had the experience with Dexter going to a private school and having to deal with a Confederate flag issue there. Right. Um, and he didn't know anything about that yeah. when it was going on. It was me having meetings, talks, um, right. emailing the whole entire school class and the principals about right. this issue and trying to get a flag removed from the property, which it, it sounds crazy to say that out loud, that I had to Especially fight. Especially up, no, up north, it sounds real. Yeah. Up north in 2019, well, yeah. not 19 With then, but or this decade, yeah. um, having to deal with that issue and then look at me like I'm the crazy one. Like, <laughs> like people, and I, I mean, you know me, and I've told you, like spilled my guts to you and like, how layers of my family have like kind of espoused that like idea and like I never thought I would have that conversation because like I thought like if everybody loves me then they understand me which is very different it is very different. it's so different it and is. that's like I I think it I think it took me until I was probably like getting ready to turn 30 that that was like a real understanding. Like just because they love you doesn't mean that they necessarily understand where you come from or what you're dealing with. They can only sympathize or empathize for a bit. I always wondered, it's funny you bring that up because I used to feel that if you loved someone of a different race or um, different sexual orientation or whatnot, like then you'd have a better understanding. But that doesn't seem to be the case. It's not always And the I've case. argued that once with uh, my husband as well because he's got a friend. And they've been friends for years. They're very close. And he can say, like, we, we have a love for each other. Right. But he is very conservative. Yeah. He will be the one posting, um, there's more cops that are... Uh, injured, killed, and harassed than there is black people. Yeah. And, like, he's one of those. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I'm like, well, does he really uh, love you if he if he can't understand you? But I do believe that. Like, yeah. you can love someone and I, not. Yeah. I definitely know but that But what does it true. take, then? What does it take? It, it, to... it takes you experiencing it alongside me. It's not like me telling you or re regaling to you what happened to me. Because I feel like a lot gets lost in translation, but, like, if you are in the moment where something egregious happens to me, you no longer can deny it. Like, you might be able to put a spin on it, like, oh, this is how that cop was feeling, or this is what you did wrong, or you start victim-blaming. That becomes a layer to that. But, like, really, if, if we both experience this at the same time, there's almost no debate as to what happened. So, it, it is, but, like, Ignorance is strong, and if you choose to be ignorant, like, it's going to be how it is. Like, I, there's nothing I can say or do to make you understand deeper, so. Right. It, yeah, I can see that. I agree with that. Yeah. I remember the first time, <laughs> I, it's, 
not on purpose, but I've always like, even from um, elementary school, always had friends of different ethnicities, yeah. at least not even different, you know, race so much, but different ethnicities. Like, um, and I think that has to do honestly with, um, back in my elementary days, I went to a predominantly like Italian okay. private school and we're not Italian. Right. So I was more of a minority in that right. instance. Right, 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 right. So I just attached to other minorities. Right. Um, and I remember being friends with a Chilean girl yep. in one year and then, um, a Hispanic girl the next year. And like, it was just minorities that stuck right. together. And there's like tons of books, like how Jewish people, um, befriended black people, you yeah. know, because minorities during different phases of time and right. history. But, um, anyway, I remember fast forward to college, um, hanging out with my friends and who were black and driving around a uh, college campus trying to find our way to this college party that was going on. Right. I don't tell this pe- this story a lot to uh, people because I think I sound stupid, but... <laughs> I, I don't think I know it, actually. I <laughs> no, I don't think you do. But um, I was driving around trying to ask for direction. This is predominantly white college, and it was just me and a whole bunch of black girls in the car, and... Um, stopping people and they would slow down, they would look in the car and they would keep going because they wouldn't want to stop. Oh my gosh. When, like we're trying to pull yeah. up to them to ask directions and finally getting so fed up. And I remember that moment, like just saying, I hate white people. <laughs> <laughs> and like the whole car, like cracking up laughing at me. Oh my God. And they're well, like, the irony Donna. of it, that doesn't actually sound crazy at all. I'm like, no, obviously, I don't hate myself. I of don't course hate, you don't. Like, that's but, not it. But, like, the attitude that yes, is, like... and I think... Like, I remember that being, like, the first moment, like, understanding. Yeah. And, like, being with people and dealing with the same outcome. Right. Because I knew... You got to experience it. I knew. Like, and I was just thinking about, like, how I don't ask for directions. Like, no, GPS exists, and I don't really need to ask for directions, but I've been places... Yeah, we didn't have GPS in my college day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but I'm thinking, like, now, like, I've... And, like, I do stupid things. I don't even know why, like, this is the first thing that comes to mind, but, like, I was going to... We were going away for a weekend, a bunch of friends, and, like, GPS, like, signal was out. Like, I don't care if you had Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, it was gone. So, like, you can only get so far before you're like, I don't know where I'm going. So trying to ask in the Adirondacks how to get here as a black person is very different than asking uh, from another white person. And, like, I almost felt like they were ready to say, like, it's back where you came. That's what, like, get back, go and get. <laughs> like, shotgun, like, that caricature. But, like, it is. It's like, now, black people, we've figured out a way to exist and to maintain. But, like, we also still have a reality of, like, we know that it can be different. We know that, like, the idea is just before us. But there's a different deck of cards that we have to play and pull from. So, it's like. It's really, I don't know, it's frustrating and I get how sometimes you're just like, I don't want to be respectful to the police. I don't want to, like, stroke his ego. And, like, I deal with that, like, even at, like, my job. I'm like, I don't want to stroke his ego because, you know what, he's just being stubborn and he's just exerting right. his privilege and and him being a superior. So it's, like, another layer. And it's just, like, I want you to function. Like, 
meet me where I am. I'm not asking for special accommodations. I'm asking for you to be normal with me. Right. As for my other colleagues. So. Yeah, like I can, I feel like even as a white person feeling like wanting to be defiant towards people who I know have a different mindset, but having probably more of a privilege and luxury to act that way um, than anyone else because I'm white. And I don't know. I get angry. I do. I get angry and I just the experiences I've encountered with, you know, my family, my friends, my kids, like I've already, I've actually gotten to a point where I'm more defensive. Yeah. You're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Especially being in this town. Yeah. It, that has to be tough because, like, you're supposed to be around. I mean, and the idea is you're in a community that shares somewhat of a like mind. Like, okay, we feel like fairness is the level here, and we all are here. And that's not necessarily, I feel like, not been your no. either perception or experience. But. I was I was Googling Colin Kaepernick t-shirts to wear to my son's games last year like <laughs> I was see, on Etsy like I what, love what that, shirts can I, I wear I support it wholeheartedly but it is like it's poking a bear it was and the only is... reason I didn't is because my son's so non-confrontational yeah. he's like although he's a little activist right now so this, yeah this year is something so I really want to like dive into that because like when you told me what he did I was blown away and, like, incredibly proud. Like, you. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So, backing up last year, I'm, like, all about wearing these different shirts and everything to the games. But my son's so non-confrontational. He doesn't like the drama. He doesn't. He just, like, let's just live a calm, peaceful life. Not a real life. housewives fan. I get it. <laughs> right. Um, and for him. Like, right. it's about him. So, I, I didn't. Um, now, this year, um, he comes home. Like, this was last week. Uh, came home, him and my husband, and, well, first of all, my husband's like, tell her what happened today. I'm ready in, for this. And in fairness, so her husband works as a counselor at the school Dexter test. Yes, yes. And um, so he's more in the know of what goes on at school before I am. Um, so they get home, and he's like... You gonna tell your mom what happened today? And I'm like, oh, right. I'm expecting the worst. Phone in hand. <laughs> Taking my earrings <laughs> off. Who do I have to hurt today? Um, no. So he's telling me this story about how they're in their English class reading Huckleberry Finn. And well, no, the first thing that um, my son says to me is, "Have you ever read Huckleberry Finn?" Honestly, I don't know if we read I don't it. Rem- I mean, I know Huckleberry Finn just from existing. I don't remember detail by detail by detail, but it was, like, steeped in racism. Yeah, and honestly, I didn't even remember that when he asked about it because I haven't thought about Huckleberry Finn in mm-hmm. I don't know how long. I haven't, like, seen it come up recently in the media. Like, so, no TV shows or anything. Yeah. yeah, and I don't remember if we read it or not. I just mm-hmm. know it's it's a classic. It is, yeah. So, I'm like, I, I'm not sure, you know. So, he proceeds to tell me how they're supposed to be reading it, and he is aware that... He was like, well, did you know they say the N-word? 200 and... He said 40, but I think it's like 200... Between 200 and 250. One is too many. (laughs) One is too many. But 200... Over 200 times in the book. And they're doing... They have to read it to themselves and write about it and this and that. Not having to do with that aspect at all. Just the the literary aspects of it. Like, Mm. um, But they're also listening to the audio version... 
in the class. So oh, can you imagine? And mind you, he is the only black student right. in that class. Right. Listening to this story where it's repeatedly right. saying the N-word over and over and over and over. Um, and he's just like, he's flabbergasted yeah. because he's thinking about his more diverse school back home that he where went to. it wouldn't have happened, right. And he's like, with this, he, was, he told me, if I called my friends from my old school and told yeah. them this, they, they would not believe right. me. Right, right. This is I, normal. I wouldn't believe that it was normal. <laughs> Um, so I guess he had been dealing with this and talking to his teacher for the past couple days prior to him telling me the story. Um, but he had dealt with it. He, he said, um, they asked him, well, are you uncomfortable? And he's like, it's not even about being comfort, comfortable. It's not right. Right. Even if I wasn't in this class, you guys shouldn't be exposing like, all the students or normalizing to this. that it's okay to yes. say that word. Well, then I you wonder why it rolls off the tongues right. of these right. students last year right. with no repercussion. Um, so he talked to the principal. He talked to the teacher. Teacher respectfully disagreed because he's an English teacher and felt like it's a classic. It, it displays so many different literary like sure different elements yeah elements to it, um, which. Are there any, like, my question to him would have been, are there any other books that can do that? Because it can't just be Huckleberry Finn. Well, so what, again, and I'm so proud because this is coming from, like, this is coming from my child who was embarrassed of me when I, like, confront people (laughs) about stuff like this. But, um, so he's like, if they, this is what he told me, if they, if you were reading a book where they were saying any derogatory term towards Jewish people, towards yeah. gay people, yeah. like one term. Right. And it would have been banned. Right. You're saying the N-word over 200 times in this book and out like having it on an audio version read to class. And it's okay. Oof. So he got the book banned. That's, that is incredible. When you told me that, I was like, reading it, I was like cheering. Because... That is, first off, it's so, like, it it, it's just, it reflects so much of who he is and, like, how you've raised him to understand the world around him and, like, fight injustice. But he figured it out in his own way. He didn't need to come to you yeah. and say, like, Mom, this is what's happening. Yeah. I need you or anything. And I feel like he would if something was, like, really bad. But, like... Oh, no. He didn't even tell me until it was all you. said and done. And right. He told the teacher... You don't, like, about, you don't want no smoke. He said, you don't if want my mom knew. <laughs> right. And they're probably like, yeah, we have we have her file on record. <laughs> I love how they probably have a file on you like they do all the other students. Like, this one's crazy. Tell like mom is like the, the last resort. Oh my God. <laughs> then it yeah, just that goes needs all crazy. Be, that needs to be the very last ditch effort. But yeah, th- like, it is, it's great... When you said, like, this would never happen if it was, like, all Jewish people, all gay people. And, like, the idea that, like, a teacher would even push back is, like, still weird to me. Like, why... If somebody's saying, like, this is wrong, you need to, like, try to understand why it's wrong. And if it doesn't line up with you, that's, like, okay. Like, this... He is the future. Like, you need to go from there. You know this stuff. Like... Yeah. But it shocked me. And that's why I said, like how many decades they've been reading this book and decades you are the one to get it yeah. banned like i am so glad you did yeah. but like how many other students like it right. affected and 
Nobody they just said like anything. sat there. They just sat. Yeah. Oh, because it's like it is very much like I feel this way sometimes. Like, don't rock the boat. Like, yeah. Get through it. Put your head down. Get through it and show up at the other end of the the story as somebody who survived it, not somebody who challenged it. And that's what he did. And I'm like, that's incredible. Right. Like, and I just feel like he is such a bright future ahead of him no matter where he goes, because, like, even if he does go to, like, another, like, diverse college or something like that, he is going to experience some layer to where somebody's like, sees him as a either statistic or just, like, another black kid that's causing trouble or something like that, and he, to me, has the tools to fight that. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad I can, I've seen that develop in him now. Like, and then fast forward, so after that instance, um... He came home the following day. He's taking a public speaking class and told me that another student did a presentation about why you shouldn't kneel at the flag uh, for the pledge or the anthem or whatnot. And he's like, so mom, I asked my teacher if I can change my presentation. I'm going to do it on the other point of view of why people do kneel. And I was like, what? Wow. Oh my God. Wait, can I just, like, can we get a recording? I would love, because like, really like, I mean, and I'm in this boat too, but we're handing this world down to his generation. And if we're not making it better and more hospitable for diversity and different thoughts and different like perspectives, then we're doing all of these people a disservice. Like, yeah. Hands down. And I think out of, like, this past week, those two stories alone made me feel better about being here. Yeah. In the past, you know, So that years, was, so. and that was something on the drive here, and I kind of had this in my head. I was like, you're there for a reason. It may not be comfortable necessarily for you, but it is impacting your children in ways that you could never really have imagined. Yeah, and if it's him doing the impacting... Um, right, he's even, affecting change. Even better so. Yeah. Um, he's probably handing up, handling it a lot more gracefully yeah. than, <laughs> than I would. I know, so like that's... But he said, like, the, the girl who did the presentation about not kneeling was, he said, was very one-sided, mm-hmm. was very bashing of the people who kneeled. So he went in with the mindset of just explaining the other point of view, not right. bashing. right. Uh, any point of view right. but saying like my whole purpose is to you to understand another side of it right. that you may not be aware of right and because explaining it's not it from my to point you. of view it's like it goes back to the tv it's like if this isn't shown to you or like you don't experience it then you don't know and you have no reason to seek that information out and he did so much research. He did. He, he, his dad was in the military. He's yeah. got other family that was in the military. Like, talked to them about it um, to understand their points of view yeah. so he could bring that to the presentation. And just talking about, I mean, he said this one part that I was really proud of. But, like, um, talking about how, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King marched and they didn't like that protest. Yeah. yeah. You know, Rosa Parks sat. She wouldn't stand, you know, move. And they didn't like that form of protest. Any type of defiance is met with, like, we don't like, that's not how you protest. That's not how you change anything. Right. So any peaceful protest that was chosen in the past, you know, in history has never been. 
Well, and that's accepted. why, and I don't, I mean, in full disclosure, I don't, like, get upset when people do violent protests because I get being so frustrated and being told, no, 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 this is not how you do it. You do not kneel, do not do that. And people are just like, you know what? You know what you're going to respond to is violence. And, I like, while I don't agree with it or condone it, I understand. I agree. I, I, I that I don't agree with it, but I get it. Because I get it. The one thing that I was happy about with my son is that he did get that change. Right. Like with Huckleberry Finn, he talked to people. He explained, you know, why it shouldn't be read in the schools and this and that. And he got the change to come forth. Whereas when I had to deal with that Confederate flag issue, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Well, they told me they were going to have it removed, Never and then a did. week later, it came back up, yeah. and they kind of, you know, stepped back and said, you know, freedom of speech and this and that, and it. I remember being so infuriated, like, and frustrated, even, right. even my gentle giant of a husband, and for, you know, those who don't know him, he is more sane, more calm, <laughs> well, maybe not the sane part, but the calm part, <laughs> he is way more calm than me. He was getting upset because yeah. they would not understand. They would not even try to understand. Right. And they, wouldn't, they weren't trying to budge. And getting so frustrated, like, understanding that frustration will, like, it, it makes you want to, like. It makes you want to scream and claw people's eyes out and, like, do the most. Like, I always feel like that is, like, my next result. Like, if you're not going to listen to me or, like, at least appreciate where I'm coming from. I'm getting ready to do the most, and you need to be prepared for that outcome. But listen, Dexter is hands down changing the game. Like, he's changing the way at least Lockport approaches race. If nothing else, they need to now know, like, hey, we need to think about this because is this going to happen again? And could this get out to the parents of these students? Like, oh, we've been reading these books or whatever, and, like, it, it's it's inappropriate right. or whatever. Well, so, now, now Lincoln Navy don't ever have to read that book in school. Ever have, like, he changed because, for his siblings. Right. That's awesome. That is just awesome for him to, for me to know and for him to even yeah. understand that he imp- made that impact himself. It's so crazy. And, like, I'm just curious as to who Lincoln and Navy will be. When they're like, well, so gosh, how much time do we have left? (laughs) All the time we need. This is my podcast. Well, so now my, my, my worry, I don't know if it's a worry. I don't know what to call it, but Mm. Dexter grew up in a very diverse school. Right. Your anxiety then. Um, With Lincoln and Navy, if they, you know, they grew up here, they don't have that same level of exposure that Dexter did. Right. Um, they're growing up in Trump Port. So that is a whole nother, like, thing that I think about. Because, like, the idea of having children is to make a better life for them than you had. Because you know what didn't work for you. You knew what, like, brought success. So, like, ideally being in a community to support that idea or whatever idea it is that you have for your future should be facilitated but like there's also troubles that come with that like they only sometimes get one view of the world and if it's not challenged then it becomes their belief of the world and so that is like like yes but i also like bringing it back to you 
I don't think you allow them to only see it this way. Right, but just thinking about how children and their heads are, right. you know, do they even listen to their parents or like, you know what I mean? Like, even if they're not actively listening, they're absorbing. They 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 get the they they see the world around them. At least everything you know back when we were home with Dexter, like, is reinforced yeah. at the school he went to. You know, when as far he hears as our beliefs, the, the diversity, yeah. like, everything, like, kind of was parallel. Yeah. You know, at the school he went to. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it's very conservative out here. Yeah. I, I wonder how that's going to impact, especially Lincoln, because he is in school now. Um, he's in first grade. Last year, he went to a little bit more diverse school. Yep. Um, but this year, No. Yeah. Not at all. So. Do you, like, so in reference to Lincoln, like, when it comes time to, like, do show and tell or, like, career day, a big part of that is, like, and you, I want to go over that one story that you had. Oh, yeah. I have another one. I was like, I don't know if you can (laughs) talk about it or. Um, yeah. I think I can. I mean. Um, Because it's, like, your, it's your work. (laughs) So, it's, like. (laughs) Yeah. I'll but, be careful, but yeah, I I'm feel like I can talk about what I've experienced. Yeah. So let's dive in. Like I, I know I had an original point, but I kind of lost it. But when when that happened, I was like, "This is egregious," and like the re the the fallout didn't play out the way I thought it would. Yeah. So to explain what happened. Um, Again, this is why my friend told me understand try to understand people in this region to know how to deal with them. But um, so I went into my office one day and told coworkers that you know school was going to be ending soon. We have a very you know flexible office. There's only a couple of us there um, that I would be bringing my son in once in a while just to keep him busy, get him out of the house. You know when he's done with school. Um, at the time, five year years old, like. So I had a coworker, a white coworker, who said, oh, I have some, you know, workbooks from my daughter. You know, who, her daughter's probably in her 20s now. But she said, I'm cleaning up my house. We're getting rid of stuff in the basement. I found some workbooks. Um, I can bring them in for Lincoln. He can work on them when he's in the office to keep him busy. And I was like, oh, that's great. He's at that age. He loves, like, schoolwork and ABCs and right. matching and coloring. Like, what kid doesn't like five-year-old related yeah. materials? That keeps them occupied. <laughs> and I say that because when I came into the office with him, she had left the folder. I had seen the folder there for weeks, but never even looked at it because I'm thinking it's a folder full of ABCs and one, two, threes. Um, so when I brought Lincoln in, I was like, okay, like, my coworker brought this material in for you to work on. Let's find something for you to, to, to work on so you can do work while mommy does work. And open the folder. And there was a packet of numbers, a packet of letters. Um, and then there's a packet. It was 30 pages deep, stapled. Oof. And in big, big, bold font on the front, it says the slave trader or something along those lines. I think it was the slave trader and it caught me way off guard and I started flipping through it and it it had that title on all 30 pages. And I'm like, okay, 
Donna, just calm down. Calm down for a second. Like <laughs> you have to tell yourself to calm down, you know it's already at 10. I started reading through it, and it was literally like, it looked like it was from maybe like the 50s. Yeah. And it said like, the definition, it had definitions on one page. The definition of black. Well, I from what I know, the definition of black is like, it's the lack of color or something or, yeah, like. The, the, the absence of white. <laughs> yes. So... Uh, the definition of black, a person of colored skin. And I was like, oh. And I started reading page two. And it was like one of those um, stories you give kids where you give them a paragraph and then ask them questions about it. Right. But this paragraph was about Tom, who owned a slave and wanted to buy another one. And then you answer questions about Tom and what oh did what is Tom's goal? What did he want to do? Like, oh, my God. I was shaking. I was shaking. I was Activate shaking. Activate fight mode because that would have been it. Like, Yeah. But still, I'm like, okay, give her the benefit of the doubt. Just question her first before right. you say anything. So I called her into my office and nicely said, you know, did you look through this stuff right. before you brought it in for my five-year-old? And she's like... Oh, yeah, for the most part. But if my daughter had some stuff circled, I didn't notice. You know, I tried to bring stuff oh. she didn't, you know, write in already. But for Ooh. the most part, yeah. Why? And then I lost it. Because yeah. at that point, she it was, confirmed. Then it's gone, yeah. She knew what she gave me. Right. And then I nicely said, I don't even remember. But so you thought it was appropriate. To give my black son... To give my black five-year-old right, son right. <laughs> this, this packet about, this. Yeah, about slavery. That it's like also irresponsible slavery, by the way. It's not regaling it in the way of like, we need to learn from this atrocity. It was, oh, this is how it all wound down. Like, no big deal. Like, yeah, you want to buy a slave? This is how you do it. Like. Yeah, and so I, I lost it on her. I start and you know I don't I don't cuss, no, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to tell you the story the way that I said it that day <laughs> because let it out. And this Listen. is because that's how I felt in the moment. Yep. I'm and yeah, I'm not a big cusser unless there's two times when I'm working out. Yep. <laughs> I've been. That I drop a lot of f bombs when I'm working out, and when somebody is threatening my family. Yep. So, um, she was like, and even at that point, she was like, whoa, what's wrong with this? It's, it's history. <laughs> and I, I think the more she talked, the more I was losing it. I just told her like, I, and I said, you know what? Get this shit out of my face. Yep. Get it out of my office. Get rid of it. Um, and she walked out just saying, oh, well. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it, but if you found it offensive, I'm sorry. I don't... So, full, like, disclosure, do not qualify an apology. That is where you lose the essence it's of an apology. It's not an apology. Do not... It's not. Keep it. If you're not going to actually apologize, don't say she anything. She basically apologized... For how you reacted. Right. right. For my reaction. Right. Not for what she did. Um, and still saw nothing wrong with it. And it oh. wasn't history. And it, it's what I... I was trying to explain to her before I kicked her out of my office and slammed the door, but... This is not history. No. History is in 19 whatever, right. this happened, that happened. Not 
the definition of black is this. Right. Not Tom owns a slave and wants to buy another that's one. That's indoctrination. How many slaves yeah. does Tom have at the end of the day? No. Yeah. Like, that's not a history lesson. That is... <laughs> oh, my That's ridiculous. God. That, like, I remember that we, like... I think we're, you, me, and JoJo were on a call together when you, like, that all went down. And I was just like, how have you been this calm? Like, because I would, everything would be on fire. The whole town would be on fire. Oh, yeah. I, I, I slammed the door behind her. After that, I was, I called my husband. I was in tears. Yeah. Um, because I just didn't even know what to do at that point. Right. I was so mad. And my poor... My poor five-year-old was yeah, in the office during this, yeah. and he didn't know what was going on. or He just knew that mommy wanted to punch somebody in the face, yeah. because that's all I kept saying is I wanted to punch this lady yeah. in the face. And, of course, I didn't. Because you're not in jail. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that was just me, you know, saying how mad I was. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I filed... I've never filed a harassment report on anyone. I wouldn't even. I didn't even plan on it that like, day. I, don't I didn't even, even know how. Didn't even cross my mind. Mm. I actually told a coworker who was close to one of the owners what happened, and she asked, "Do you want me to tell one of the owners of the company?" And I said, "Yes, please." Yeah. Um, she didn't have a great reputation in the company, not for anything harassment or race related in the past, but just for her purse her character yeah. her character is kind of off to begin with right um so i i had her tell the owners they asked me if i wanted to file a formal report and i did um and i feel like i'm glad i did and yeah. i'm glad they asked me if it i wanted to be on record. it didn't even cross my mind that yeah. i should have and i'm glad they asked me and i did and she got a slap on the wrist yeah but that is the reality of that like I feel like that is very standard issue rebuttal to something that happens that intense or that egregious. So, oh, well, I mean, we don't want to be on the wrong side of the law or a, a lawsuit. So we're going to just say, like, all right, both of you in your respective corners and, like, don't do it again. Like... A, a finger wag, and then we got to move on with our day because business is like money's everything. Well, the big question I got from so many people when that happened that I still don't know to this day is do you think she did it on purpose or do you think she was just really ignorant? I don't think you can cal- like qualify intent in that way. Like, I think she's such a product of this area and this like mindset that. I really could believe she had no clue because she didn't, from what you're saying, it didn't sound like she was like, oh yeah, I did this, like, what's wrong with it? He's black, he gets it. Like, she never said anything like that. I, she is, she's such a mean person yeah. that part of me wanted, part of me thought it was malicious. Yeah. Part of me wonders still if it was, but I do lean on what you said is I believe she could have just been so ignorant yeah. growing up in this time. Her daughter was homeschooled, so it was probably like material well. she printed out. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and that's so, even more dangerous. This is why like when people can't understand how yeah. people are so like how are we dealing with racism in 2000 going on 2020 There's like There's a very good reason as to this why This is are. an example of like yeah. the kind of people that are still here and yeah. they're the ones that are teaching yeah. their kids 
with those so, materials well, and, and don't so see anything wrong with it. When we hand things like that down, like that type of ignorance, and we package it as in, that's just how it is. Like, from, like, the South, where that's very prevalent, and, like, how they interact with black people or people of color, like, it, it makes sense to me how unchecked beliefs, or, like, if you believe this way and you live here and you go somewhere else, it's checked. Like, if you go from Mobile, Alabama to New York City, you may have some reality checks <laughs> exactly, along the yes. way. So, like, I get, like, homeschooling is dangerous in the idea you are their only source of information from the world. You are, it's filtered down through you. And, and what you, you live in a bubble. <laughs> and what you give them is what they believe is true. Like, right. And that's why I believe it's so important for kids to learn from somebody who doesn't love them, but does have their best interests at heart. Like, I don't I, like. I don't have that relationship with you. You're not my child, but I want you to be a better citizen tomorrow, and understand what it is to like kind of get there. I, I don't know. I have family members at homeschool, and it's like, I get how it's tempting to homeschool because like school shootings are rampant yeah. and things I mean, like that. I, I understand. I see why some people would do it, but yeah, I see like it being harmful from that social aspect it is. because. I am such, and I'm more so even now, like, the older I get, like, the, a believer of exposing at least, like, different values and yeah. beliefs. Instilling a set of values into your own kids, especially, like, good values, like, that they can stay strong in, but exposing them to other un understandings, beliefs, values, like... And experiences, too. Like, experiences, you, yeah. I think... And it's so funny because I always think whenever I hear the word experience, I think of our old like job because it was like always such at the forefront and like, but it is, it's like, if you don't have the experience to know what you learned in the past is actually problematic or damaging in some ways, then you don't have a check and balance. Um, and I'm not shitting on any homeschool. I have a, a lot of friends that were homeschooled coming from a private Christian school, like, that was a very, like, real, like, thing mm -hmm. that happened. And yeah. one of my, like, good friends who's probably listening to this, like, I make fun of him for being homeschooled Aww. still to this day. <laughs> but, like, he's adjusted. He, like, had that, like, interaction. But he also went to high school at a, like, school with other people, not just his siblings. Right. So, it, I don't know. If it's done incorrectly, you're, like, almost indoctrinating your kids, like, it's kind of cult-like, but if you homeschool in a way that's like, all right, you need to, like, learn this and then, like, see it in the world, that kind of stuff, like, might, like, actually redeem it a little bit, but listen, I have no desire to ever homeschool. I'm not smart enough to homeschool my children. Like, <laughs> my, I need them to be smart. <laughs> I used to threaten my older with homeschooling because he like look my patience is just too low like right, right. <laughs> we all know how that was right out. and also you need a break from your two kids. plus two <laughs> what is it <laughs> no i i mean oh i do i think your kids will be like such pioneers for whatever they're like faced with and I think you've given them the foundation to like grow from what you've experienced and what you've seen coming down the pike and kind of protected them from. So after that Lincoln, like I hope you explain that to him when he gets a little bit older, like what happened. So he kind of understands like 
that's why you were crazy. Or that's why you reacted that way. That's why you wanted to punch that lady in the face. Yeah. But I don't know. I just remember you saying you wanted to punch someone, Mom. Oh, my God. He's so innocent. And, like, I loved when I walked in today. He's like, my friend's here. And I'm like, what? <laughs> did he? Aww. He did. And I was like, I remember he was just, like, playing on the carpet, like, when we um, were working. And just, like, he was so, like, easily entertained and, like, self-contained that... I mean, he kind of grew up, like, Dexter's so much older than him. He grew up as, like, an only child for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Until Baby Navy came around. Yes. Now he's an older brother. Now, now a little girl. Now oh a whole gosh. new set of experiences. Yeah, so yeah. that's um, that's a layer to that. Like, I don't know. I was listening to, the pop culture, and they were talking about, like, that whole T.I. thing and how he, like, goes to the gynecologist with his 18-year-old daughter and checks her hymen, and I'm like... Yeah. If you ever want to do another segment on the Me Too movement... Oh, my God! Like, <laughs> I was like, are you that ignorant to, like, first off, put your daughter's genitalia on blast? Like, because the people that you rap to are the ones that are hearing that about your daughter, and now she's, like, target number one. You don't actually care about her as a person. You care about the idea of her womanhood and what that looks like yeah. reflected on you. Yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah. I I got pissed. And you know how I am. I'm like, I'll believe a woman before I believe any man. But, like, it's so stupid. Like, I don't know. And, I'm glad and she's I, 18. And she's 18 years old. She's a legal adult. And I mean, I wouldn't even, like, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. That my father, like, even if we had a, like, we didn't have a great Ever. relationship, but he had a good relationship, right. would be coming to my woman appointment. No, I don't care what age. <laughs> like, you don't. Like, unless there's something wrong with your body that you need me to know about, then no, you're not welcome in that space. And also, it doesn't teach her how to advocate for herself when she's at the doctor. Like, And I'm not going to get into the whole... Me Too moment, but I think this, if you do an episode, yeah. this is a good I, segue. Oh, I think it's definitely going to come up. It should, but I, because I think, being older too, I'm not old, You're guys. Not old. I'm not older. I am okay, older, fine. okay? Right. Like, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm okay, like, like, fine wine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but... I, I just remember my experiences in the college days and yeah. the mindset of people, the mindset of women, the mindset of men. And, like, I understand yeah. how so many oh, I women get it. I get it. felt like it was their fault. Yep. It felt like this was normal. Absolutely. felt like not coming forward. Like, yep. I understand that mentality. Because that is the culture in which those ideas were built around. Like, you are... You were wearing a skirt that was too short. You were, like, you were drunk. No matter that he was drunk or, like, wearing whatever he wants to wear, you're the one that's at fault because of this. And it's, like, I will never raise my daughters in a mindset like that because, like, if something happens to you, you didn't do it to yourself. Like, he inflicted his will on you, and that's not okay. So, right, right. yes, there is a Me Too movement um, episode coming, and I... Like I'm, I think that's gonna be more of a panel discussion, and like I want, I want to listen, and I want to oh, hear because I'm trip. not taking a trip to reps. <laughs> well, we'll just come sit at that uh, at my uh, table, and we'll discuss it. But I'm just like, I, I don't know how in 2019 some of these ideas have just not like disintegrated through logic. But 
Who am I? Look at this. Who they am all I? root back to one common factor, all these issues. <laughs> well. <laughs> one common race and gender. <laughs> well, when you have a president that can do that, like, why wouldn't, like, why wouldn't that idea be supported that, like, women and minorities are second class citizens? And that's what makes it so scary is, like, yeah. we've made so much progress right over Only the past. To regress. i mean we have so many issues still sure. but oh we're God, we're yeah. on the road to progress well and, and then we put I, mr well, president right because i think like what office. we just equate progress to is like we will never put another hitler like person or like dictator in office especially in america where we're like our thoughts are so diverse we can sit over here and have that experience over there and it's like how did this happen? I'm, I constantly ask myself, how did this happen? And, like, how do we not repeat it? Because, like, that's another thing. Is like, 2020 is around the corner. The IO caucus is in February. Like, how do we not do this again? Because I don't think he has the right. I mean... And well, there's always Kanye for 2024. <laughs> I will not entertain the idea. I mean, you guys can go right, I'm putting on the record. I, I So our mutual friend had a misunderstanding and feels like told me i need to clarify i don't need to clarify my beliefs but you have to tell me offline who this is okay uh, who, uh, who, who just came to my house last weekend or the weekend before oh, my gosh. oh her <laughs> yeah no who told me that i should clarify myself because okay. y'all think that i'm now a kanye supporter i never thought that okay she oh, thought see, that. You i understand never thought that. me thank you so she she thought now because he has this gospel album. That doesn't mean anything. That I'm now, because I put that post up about, um, you know, my Christian friends. Yeah. How do you feel about yeah. it? That purely I was a survey. Was like, I like, thought it, I read it as a survey. <laughs> like, and I was shady as anything. And I, I put a meme up. It is like, kind of funny. And I believe me, I, you know, I love my <laughs> friends and I love my faith. But none of my people, like, no. commented on it. It was no. all, like, non-Christian, like, that right. commented right. on it. Right. But I wanted to hear. Like I would like to know from a Christian perspective, why is it okay for Kanye? I don't I don't Well, I don't know. Is yeah. it is it okay? Like that's why I want to know. Like are you I mean guys, that's a question for the group. Are like you guys... in like feel free if you are like if you draw from the Christian faith to comment and I will share like we'll discuss it. But like as somebody who like grew up in the church and had a dad as that was a pastor, like I do not, like, I don't get it. I don't get how, like, this transformation made him Trump's dummy. Like, <laughs> yeah, him being a Trump supporter is whole It's like thing wild too. to me. And but, it's like, you can be a Christian and not do secular music ever again. I'm okay if you don't do your old catalog. You still make money off the stream, so I then have a problem with that. Like, you should pull the catalog if you don't really believe in that music. But, I just, I don't know. I think Kanye is somebody who will always push the envelope. And he typically used to do it to the establishment of Republicans. But now he's kind of flipped it and we don't like it. And I'm like, I, I challenge myself to kind of like understand, but like I just don't like Kanye. So then that like becomes a layer to it. Yeah, I don't. I don't care for Kanye West, and now that he's got a gospel album, I still don't care for God. No, I listen to it. Like yeah. I, I, I give him no streaming dollars. Well, I no, I went on YouTube and <laughs> I listened yeah. to a lot of like yeah. I, I quickly listened to it because I just wanted to Clips see what it's that. about. Yeah. Is it 
a gospel album? Is it like Jesus Walks? Is it what? Is, I just want to know what is this? Is it Mary Mary to the Beatles? Shake the head. <laughs> but um, when I listened to it, that's what I was saying. Is I believe it's sincere. Like, cause oh, I don't doubt it. Because I, I heard you he's on sincere in his crazy. Well, well, so I heard you on your first podcast saying it's just a money making thing. It absolutely is. Oh yeah. That's where I disagree. That's why I want to jump into your yeah, first podcast I mean, as a listener. But uh, yeah. I do think, and let me just double down, I think it is a money-making thing from where he is. And he is sincere in his Christianity. I really do believe that. And like, okay. I don't necessarily believe that like he isn't coming up with his own religion of Jesus. So that's where I'm like, <laughs> are you funding this? Like, yeah, I don't, slip? I don't understand Kanye West, but no. that's because I do believe there's some mental illness. I do agree involved in here, yeah. and there there always has been. I remember, yeah. and I always step it back to when he his mom passed, and he was it was on tragic for that him. telethon and said George Bush doesn't <laughs> like black people. <laughs> Which is so different I than him being a Trump but, supporter. But the thing that's been consistent with Kanye is yeah. he has gone full force with whatever he, does, he believes. He nev- and we, I think we're just experiencing it on the back end where it was like, damn, Kanye, like, used to be for us. And now, like, you're so, kind of yeah. shitting He was on full force on, like, Bush was anti-black people. He's, yep. Now he's full force with Trump. Now he's full force with Christian. Like, Whatever he, Kanye does, he he's done it. Goes a thousand miles yes. a minute. So like, that's why I believe what he's doing is sincere. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to listen to it, but... Yeah, I mean, it is... I do believe, I agree with you, I believe it's sincere. I do think it is now being monetized then. Because, let me clarify that. I think he is like, alright, you know what? This is This is clicking with enough people. Let's double down. Let's sell $200 church socks at like my... Yeah, and again, I don't understand that, but that's not any different from any no. of these TV pastors. Oh, and you think I'm like, dollars, you know how I feel. He's going to Joel Olstein's yeah, church. I saw that. And I'm like, that guy didn't even open his doors when Hurricane Harvey hit to the um, Texans. So I was like, you make all your money off of their backs, but you will not save I them. I mean, growing... I was going to say growing I didn't grow up in the church. I am, I am more newly saved than I am growing up in the church. But um, being a... a bl- believer um i i've heard pastors come into our church and preach a whole message of yep. why it's okay to be rich yeah <laughs> like I've heard it as a defensive yeah. defensive yeah. like message right like not doing us any good i'm not rich so <laughs> i mean it <laughs> your message goes didn't hit home against, for me there's some messaging in the bible that it kind of go against it goes against excuse me like if you're rich and your parishioners are poor like is that Where's that live? Like, yeah. you're making money off of their backs. Like, I don't know. I don't. I have fundamental. I have fundamental issues with organized religion to begin with. I don't question like the so now spirituality. We, we of have that. about like three or four more topics for your next podcast. No, <laughs> I'm afraid to go down that road. I, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. But like, I know that I draw from a place of hurt when it comes to Christianity. Yeah. I had like a very Interesting experience with it. I don't know that I'm impartial, and I can be impartial, but it's also my podcast, and I'll say what it is I feel and whatever loud feeling it is that pertains to that. But I just, I would like to get some people together that are super duper, like, dedicated to their faith and, like, can speak to it and, like, 
people that don't like people who are the exact opposite that and they don't really ever draw from a place of faith and just more of a place of like this is logic and this is science and this makes sense like that kind of stuff so i mean not to have like a full-on like debate but i do i like different perspectives i do too whether i agree with them or not i like them and and i understand that growing up in her and because i mean look you can put you can put some of our biggest problems in histories on the back of religion. Oh my god, yeah. Um, and I still, I'm still a believer. Yeah. But knowing that there's been so many misconceptions yeah. and problems that have occurred because of people who mm-hmm. are just so de- dead set on their faith and believe certain things because I, of their faith. So I, that's why I always say I have a problem with the organized religion of it and not necessarily the spirituality because I'm not like a traditional spiritual person, but I do have a system of beliefs that like in my world keep my life in order, like have been a basis for decision making or um, like growth or like even times of like pure trouble. So, like, being able to draw from that, like, I feel like that's where I'm connected to. But I don't necessarily feel that I'm, like, I need to go to church in order to really feel this. And, like, church is a replacement for, like, therapy or something like that. Like, I don't think that that's a healthy way to exist. I think if you believe in God, you believe that he created you to have a mind that needs nourishment. And he gave us the tools to seek out that nourishment. There's a, there's a scripture, and I am so bad at cro- quoting scriptures, so I'm not even going to attempt, but I'm going to say the idea of it. Yeah. Is knowing enough about... It's saying to know your words so when you're tested, right. you know how to make your own decision, basically. Right. right. And it's, it's, it's basically saying, and this is how I feel like it applies to me, like I have established a foundation in my life so much even at the church that I went to, to know when even my pastor was wrong about things. Right, right, because he's still a man. He's still a human and, that is fallible. And knowing my beliefs over the past years have shifted and changed with yeah. still keeping that foundation, uh, my foundation's never shifted. Yeah. But understanding that you can't live word by word and solid, th- because... When you can't tie it to a person. And, and you can't... You're, it, it has to be about spirituality. Because right. if it is about hard religion, that's when you've had like the Waco, Texas yeah. people drink poison because yeah. there's a scripture that said poison would never kill you if right. you're a believer. Right. Like, it's that kind of thinking that, that killed those people. Right. But it's the spirituality. The faith. Like, that, and that foundation that keeps me to know what is wrong, what is right. right. And, and that's the foundation is really based on love it really is yeah when it comes down to anything else it's wrong it's fluff and it's like added and it's i always like struggle with the idea of how much when culture is always changing like what's new today will be old in like two hours but when you tie yourself to a person that's constantly trying to keep up with that you're losing a lot of the basis of what your faith should provide. Like, I don't know. It, it's always tough for me. I don't know. I know that I'm not the person to connect to that issue because I've like put up such a wall about it. But I, 
I'm always open to hearing other people's perspective on it. I least. feel though. I feel though. Sometimes though, we connect though because yeah. of that foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Even even with the different beliefs and everything, yeah. like and your wall. Yeah. That foundation was still laid, so I think we get each other. Yeah. Some people are allowed behind the wall. That's just like everyday interactions. I'm like, I want no part. I don't even want to talk about religion. Like at some. At work, the guy who, like, loses sleep about not being friends with me, I remember the first few weeks he was there, he, like, came, something came up, and he was like, oh, yeah, religion, like, he was like, oh, like, Mark, like, kind of luring in, like, what do you believe, or whatever, I was like, we are at work, and I know you are not trying to ask me about religion, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, my dad was a pastor, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it beyond that. And he didn't take the hint and kept pushing. He's like, oh, like what kind of church was it? Like what denomination? And I was like, oh, oh no, sweet darling. I don't want to talk about it. Like, hear me now. I don't want to do this. But I, I don't know. I do know that it's a hot button issue for me. And I have to mind my manners when I talk about it. So... So the only thing I'm going to say to that is I'm glad we've talked in the past. Yeah, yeah. Because, and I've said this before, and I'm still a firm believer that you have come into my life. Absolutely. For a reason as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And I 1,000% believe that. have shifted my mindset in so many ways. Right. So do that for other people. I know. And like, Don't stop with me. You, you have definitely, <laughs> like, impact, and I've always had great, like, Christian representation of what a real Christian should be that has never like shifted. Well, you know what? Me, because but... as a person, right? You, I can, yeah. I can see those. I can see those values, right? And call them Christian or not, they're right. just good values just good that values. have been right. insta- instilled right. in you. And right, like, right. I remember you coming to our job previously and like being in awe of your integrity. Yeah, and. You know, even in some of the worst scenarios that you came across, like still holding your head high and having yeah. a positive attitude. Yeah. And I, for me, that was familiar from a Christian, yeah. quote unquote, point of view. Right. But just knowing that those values were instilled in you, whether you want to, whatever no, you want to call no, them. No, I do call them, I mean, I call them like human values because I think everybody should kind of treat people well like do your work to the best ability of your like existence. But um, I know from which that foundation draws from. Like I, my parents are good people. They definitely have instilled like that value in me. Like, especially my mother, like you are a reflection of us. And this is like what we believe. And we believe like, this is what a good person resembles. And it always resonate with me and it's like something I'll never lose but there I mean in full like full eyes open like there are times that that's shaken like I've like felt like down deep like I'm like this isn't working like this person's getting ahead and they are oh I know by margins a terrible person but like that doesn't mean you get to behave that way so it's like I constantly have to keep coming back and saying like all right that's not the rule for you though that's not how you do it, and that's not what's going to make you successful because you can make all the money, but, like, if you don't respect yourself and, like, love yourself at the end of that day, 
then it's all for naught. Like, and however, and again, I like I said, I familiarized it with wrapping it and saying it, sure. it's a Christian value. Call it what you want. Wrap whatever bow around it, but right. don't lose that. Don't and lose it. Yeah. Use that to change other mindsets. Oh, that's what I'm hoping the podcast. <laughs> it's like a room for the feelings because it's like it's it is it's. I don't want to ever change who I am. I just want to enhance it and like build upon it. So fingers crossed. But um, I'm thankful that you like wanted to do this. I was like, well, she's going to want to talk on a oh, podcast. I was waiting for you to ask me. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Well, Jojo's like, she finally got on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you did this. And I'm sure we have many more conversations to have. So you're welcome anytime. Thanks, Donna. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. Email in your loud feelings for the week at gmail or gmail.com. Loudfeelingspodcast at gmail.com and we'll discuss them on the radio. Bye. Bye.